Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz. Recently, I was reading a book by Brene Brown called The Alice of the Heart. Have you ever dove into a book and one chapter just strikes you in a way you don't expect? And I can't say I have finished that book yet because I haven't. There's a lot to it and I don't want to rush through it. And I kind of stopped at this one chapter because I keep going back and thinking about it. And it inspires the topic today, the places we go when things don't go as planned. And why this chapter struck me was because it helped me feel unstuck. (laughs) At times I found myself frustrated, disappointed, short fuse, and just stuck, like I already said. And I can't even articulate why. Have you ever felt this way? Maybe your spouse or a close friend is like, what's wrong? And you're just like, I don't know. You just are frustrated and stuck. I don't know. How else do you describe it? And in reading this chapter, I've recognized a few things going on, a few emotions going on and a few triggers that brought about those emotions. And the crux of it is that This is often due, for me anyway, to unrealistic or unmet expectations. So that is what I want to dive into today, is talking about having those expectations, and if they're unmet or they're unrealistic, then that can lead to frustration and disappointment and just feeling like you, maybe you're losing your temper, maybe you're just stuck, you don't know how to move on. And in talking about this, I'm hoping to solidify it in my own life, but also help shed light to you. Maybe it will help you today. Interestingly enough, another book that I have slowly been reading over the course of time and I did just finish is The Whole Brain Child by Daniel Siegel and Tina Bryson. This book is very, very good. And with any book, I don't necessarily agree with everything 110%, but I would highly recommend this to pretty much most people, (laughs) especially those working with children. It's 12 revolutionary strategies to nurture your child's developing mind. And if you've studied the mind at all, you will know that the brain is developing even into the mid-20s. And what's happening is the emotions which are on the right side of the brain those just kind of happen pretty normally, right? You've, you see a, a child, a young child, a baby, a toddler have tantrums and have these big emotions because they they're learning how to express themselves. They don't have the language developed yet. And what happens is as the brain develops over time, all through them being young child into like an older child, teenage years to young adulthood, that brain is being developed. And what's happening is the left side where language is held and being able to analyze what's happening is those left and right brain, those halves, there's pathways being developed based on how children and young people learn to deal with their emotions and when they do successfully learn how to deal with their, their emotions, what happens is they develop a language to be able to name those emotions and those pathways go between. Because the right side, those emotions get fired off. That's where the brain, that's when they do brain scans and stuff. That's where it's held. But when we can articulate what they are, 
and develop language around them and analyze them, the pathways from left to right are made. And those emotions don't just run us. We don't just fly off the rails reacting at everything, but we can actually respond appropriately. And that is a matter of practice and development, and it takes time. And as adults past the mid-20s, maybe there's some parts that we didn't develop very well regarding dealing with our emotions. And a huge factor in this, as I learned in Atlas of the Heart, which is a beautiful hardcover book, and I would highly recommend if you get it to get the hardcover, there is a little bit of language in it. So I would just throw that out there ahead of time so you're not surprised by it. And it's not one that I would necessarily just like let your kids go through. On the other hand, the whole brainchild, I would highly recommend to pick up. And as you go through it, there's actually little cartoon illustrations for each of the 12 strategies to help your child understand the principles. And if it helps them to see that part, by all means, that whole book is appropriate for the whole family. And it's just more tools in your tool belt to try out. Some will work for some children and not others, but it is very good information. A scripture that came to mind as I was studying this out is Proverbs 13, 12, which says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And that really got me thinking about this, the places we go when things don't go as, go as planned. A lot of times we hope for something. We hope for a certain outcome. We hope to do a certain thing. We hope someone else does a certain thing. We hope someone else feels a certain way about us. And maybe that doesn't go as we had hoped. And what happens? That hope is deferred. It doesn't happen the way we want. And that can make our heart sick if it's left unchecked. But when we have a dream that's fulfilled, that's a tree of life. Now, it's interesting to note that there's... The first clause here talks about a hope, and the second talks about a dream. When I think about a dream, I think of something in the future of your life that you want to have happen. It's a dream. And hope also is called an anchor. And when an anchor does its job and it's actually grounded, like if you are in a sea or an ocean where it's too deep in that part, the anchor won't hit ground and you will not be grounded. And so your your dream will not be anchored correctly because you'll be still floating around because the anchor is also floating in the water, not anchored to the bottom. So when when we have a dream and when it's anchored on a solid foundation, like it's the right dream and we know what it is, we know what we're supposed to do and we keep making progress towards that, And when we mess up or something is delayed or doesn't happen the way we want, that anchor is meant to keep us grounded to where we're supposed to be. But when that hope or that anchor starts drifting, when things aren't going the way we want, that is what can make our hearts sick and cause that frustration, the disappointment, short fuse, feeling stuck. So to get into this with more detail... Brene Brown does a really amazing job identifying identifying over 80 emotions or events that lead to the emotions, if that makes sense. And what this does is it gives this really rich vocabulary of all these things that we feel. 
And this isn't, it's really powerful because when we can articulate and really truly understand what's going on, we can really process it accurately and we can respond to things appropriately. First, in the places that we go when things don't go as planned, and that's actually exactly how she words this chapter that I came across. And what she covers first is called disappointment. Now we've heard of disappointment. It's unmet expectations. And the bigger the expectations, the bigger the disappointment when it doesn't happen, right? The smaller the expectations, the smaller the disappointment. Let's go for some examples here. Let's say you had a trip planned, a vacation planned. And then theoretically speaking, there was a worldwide pandemic impending doom and you had to make the decision five days before your trip, should I attempt traveling across the U.S. with my family and risk being stranded there because I don't know what this is going to look like and what this lockdown is actually going to do? Or do I just stay home and make the best of it? Well, this actually did happen to us two years ago now where we were we had a family vacation planned and we canceled it five days before because that's when the lockdown all happened. Hindsight, we're really glad we made that decision. It was the right decision for that year, not out of fear or anything, but just it was appropriate decision for our family. And the kids obviously were disappointed. And I gave them a few minutes. We were sitting in the car. They were all buckled. I was running errands and I had to break the news to them. I gave them like two or three minutes to feel sad about it. And then I said, okay, well, I understand everyone's disappointed. Dad and I are too. Now we all felt sad. And now we're going to move on. How we're going to move on is we're going to talk about how we can make the most of this as a family at home. And we all came up with ideas that we could do together. And we did them. And looking back, it was one of the best times as a family that we have in our memory bank. That time we have all together playing tons of board games, reading some books out loud together, and just really enjoying not running around because everything was shut down. (laughs) We just really got to slow down and enjoy each other's company and deepen our family relationships. And that is just one simple example of disappointment. I love this quote. When someone shares their hopes and dreams with us, we are witnessing deep courage and vulnerability. Celebrating their successes is easy, but when disappointment happens, it's an incredible opportunity for meaningful connection. And that is so true in life. It's easy to celebrate successes. It's easy to share when you have a success. What's harder is to be vulnerable and share when you've had a failure. But it really does make lasting connections when we can be vulnerable and be courageous and share what we hope and dream to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then we have to deal with that disappointment. But if we never share our hopes and dreams with others, then we run the risk of just keeping it all on the inside and not making any progress. I have something, I won't share it on the podcast, but I have found myself sharing it with more people. I had only shared it with one person previously, but I have this longer term dream and hope regarding some schooling type things that I absolutely am in love with 
that I have a program in mind someday in the future that I would love to pull off if God leads me to do it. And I have slowly shared that with more and more people. And it's not out of this big aspiration, I need to make a name for myself, but I just have a big heart for children and I see those kids in the margins and I see an opportunity to help them in the future. So as I share those hopes and dreams, I'm being vulnerable and courageous and I'm putting myself out there, knowing that maybe I could be disappointed if things don't exactly play out as, as I want. But what I'm doing is I'm just practicing being open with people. Disappointment is actually an incredible opportunity to connect with others in a very, very meaningful and powerful way. Because everyone feels disappointment, but a lot of us don't ever want to share that because it's hard. I love this quote as well. There are too many people in the world today who decide to live disappointed rather than risk feeling disappointed. Let me read that again. There are too many people in the world today who decide to live disappointed rather than risk feeling disappointed. That reminds me of the scripture I already read from Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. When we live disappointed, we live in that state of feeling stuck. (laughs) I don't want to live there. Do you want to live there? Or we can risk feeling disappointed. That means we keep trying to reach our dreams. We keep trying to do things better and improve ourselves. I, I just listened to a message two days ago by Ray Bench. He's amazing. And he, I just was so inspired and challenged to just be excellent. His message was all about being excellent, no matter what you find yourself doing, whether it's seemingly insignificant, it doesn't matter. Go full bore, get fully into it and do it to the best of your ability. And he is a man who talks to churches about what's what we call the ministry of helps. And that means anyone that serves in the church. And he's, you know, he's talking about if you're an usher, you know, have the best press clothes you can and shine your shoes and know what you're doing when you get there and do the best job you can do. Whatever it is, if you're in the nursery, you you know your routine, you know those families, you know those children and you show up and you work hard and it's whatever it is that you put your hand to, like do it with all that is within you. Don't do anything half-hearted. What does that leave us feeling like when we do things half-hearted? And I've had to challenge myself with that, even with simple things like when you're a mom, sometimes you just feel like, oh, another meal I have to make. I don't know what I'm going to make. But when we step back and we say, okay, I get to feed my family a nourishing meal. Okay, I'm going to just put everything I can in this and I'm going to enjoy this. For me, it helps to play music that I love in the kitchen. I have a speaker in the kitchen and I play it. Sometimes I play it nice and loud. Sometimes it's nice and soft, but I just get into the zone and I make myself enjoy it basically because I do enjoy to cook, but when it just becomes this duty and I just got to do this and I have so many other things going on, but it's like, oh no, feeding my family is important and I'm going to give it its proper attention. 
and do it to the best of my ability. And my husband and family thank me when I get in that mindset. Next, I want to talk about expectations. Brene Brown has this expression called steel expectations. These are unexamined and unexpressed. Ooh, these are dangerous. <laughs> these, this part, I, you know, I really got to deal with. We end up feeling bad about ourselves and the other person. What are you not saying? What are your expectations? I am often guilty, personally, of not clearly communicating with my husband on my expectations. I don't ask for help or explain my plans. You know, he's like, well, so what is your plan today? <laughs> I am continually needing to improve in this area. And I can't fault him when things don't go as expected because I have failed to communicate my expectations. <laughs> What's the worst that's going to happen if I say, okay, I would like tonight to be where we have a nice dinner. We all sit down at the same time. And then we all clean up and then we play some games together as a family. Or maybe I have to run a few errands. It'd be great if I could do that by myself quick without any children coming along this time. So when I can clearly communicate that ahead of time, then it gives him the chance to respond and agree to that or say, well, this isn't going to work out, but can we have this alternate plan? And what that does is it guards me from having those expectations and they're unmet and then I become disappointed and maybe I even become critical of my husband, which is so unfair because I didn't communicate with him what I expected in the first place. And there's another one where it's not the unexamined or unexpressed, but it is expressed expectations and this is asking for what we need and talking about our expectations. And that is a vulnerable thing to do, but it's very important. So what I just explained was the unexamined or unexpressed expectations. I'm often guilty of not doing this in my marriage. I need to get better at expressing expectations and practicing communicating with him so that he knows what's going on. You know, he has a lot going on too. <laughs> we both do. So it's very crucial that we do that. And that guards our relationship and us personally against crazy emotions and things that would maybe cause a wedge in our marriage. Now, again, on this topic of the places we go. Now, when I say the places we go, this is like the places in the realm of emotions <laughs> that we go when things don't go as planned. Another topic on this is regret. We can go into this place of regret and disappointment that arise when an outcome is not what we wanted, not what we counted on, or not what we thought would happen. We can feel regret. Regret is when we believe the outcome was caused by our decisions or actions. We have regret that we didn't do something the way we should have, or we didn't do something. And Brene Brown talks about that 90% of regret falls into six areas, education, career, romance, parenting, self-improvement, and leisure. We can regret that we didn't go on more weekends away with our spouse or vacations with our children or that we didn't take time to read, we didn't take time to exercise, or that maybe we didn't parent our kids the way we should have in an area. Or maybe we didn't cultivate love in our marriage like we should. Or maybe we regret 
not taking a job opportunity and our career feels stuck. Or maybe we regret not finishing a degree or taking a certain class. This is when we believe there was an outcome that could have happened, but it didn't because of our own decisions or actions. We regret where we're at. So this is important to recognize if we feel this way, because that doesn't mean we have to stay that way. If you feel regret about one of those six areas, well, let's make a plan to do something about it. What are some habits that we can put in place to help us get to where we want to be? Maybe put a date on the calendar with your husband or your, or your wife, whoever, with your spouse, put a calendar on the date. If you need to cultivate that, if you don't have a habit of doing that, or maybe with parenting your kids, maybe it's that you need a little bit more quality time with them. Maybe you need to carve out 20, 30 minutes of one-on-one time with each of them throughout your week. Put that on your calendar. All of this is figure outable. That's, I forget where I heard that made up word. I love it though. There's no problem that we, that can't be solved. Like everything is figure outable. <laughs> Don't you love that? I just love that. <laughs> All right. The next place we can go when things don't go as planned is we can live in this realm of discouragement. Did you hear the word courage? I talked a little bit about courage when we express our hopes and dreams to other people that takes courage. Well, when we live in discouragement, ooh, that can be dangerous if we stay there too long. And this is more about our, the effort and not the outcome. So we can feel discouraged about the effort or lack of effort we've been making because we're not, it's not really about the outcome because we have, haven't really achieved an outcome. It's more about just that continual effort or lack of effort, if that makes sense. I'm losing my confidence and enthusiasm about any future effort, says Brene Brown. That is a place of discouragement. When we're losing our confidence, when we're losing enthusiasm about future effort. Because what we're doing right now isn't working anyway. So why would I keep trying? I'm discouraged. I'm lacking the courage to continue. But the good news is, I love, you know, we talk about habits quite a bit on this podcast, (laughs) especially when my husband and I go together because he especially loves talking about habits. But habits that do get us to our desired outcome, well, not goals or some just thing we put out there, like, oh, I want to reach this goal. Goal's fine, but the trouble with goals is that once you reach that goal, you find yourself going, oh, what's next? Like, let's say I want to lose 10 pounds so that I can fit into this certain size and I feel better about myself and have more energy. Okay, if you reach that goal, that's fine, but you're much more likely to regress back to where you were if you don't have a habit of what got you there. So if you don't have the habit of eating healthy and exercising that gets you through that temporary 10-pound goal, then it's easy to revert back, if that makes sense. Habits instill the power of our regular effort, not a single event or outcome, leaving us saying, that would be great, but now what? (laughs) So if you find yourself discouraged, what can you do on a regular basis to keep being in this state of being having courage, being courageous, being confident and enthusiastic about your what you're doing? What what motivates you? What drives you? What's the thing that can help you? Another place we can go is resignation. 
I've lost my confidence and enthusiasm about any future effort. We don't feel like we can go on. We resign ourselves to the fact that this isn't working. Maybe a failed diet, maybe a failed exercise regimen, maybe a failed prayer practice. We can just feel stuck and resign ourselves to being a failure in this area. Well, you could do that, or we can just reset and start again. (laughs) The choice is ours, but recognizing if you're living, if you're feeling this emotion of resignation, okay, so you failed. Oh, well, (laughs) let's keep going. (laughs) Let's pick ourselves up and let's try again. Because the only true failure is if you give up. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Another place we can go when things don't go as planned is frustration. Sometimes that feels out of my control is preventing me from achieving my desired outcome. Wow. That's what Brene Brown said on the topic of frustration. When things feel out of my control, then I don't feel like I can achieve what I want to achieve. And this is different than anger because we don't feel like there's anything we can do. We really feel stuck when we're frustrated. It's like if you think about a child being frustrated when they can't figure out a puzzle or how to tie their shoe or how to put on their clothes themselves or whatever it may be, or maybe it's a math problem, whatever it is, they can feel frustrated and that there's nothing they can do and they just feel stuck. They feel helpless. The feeling of stuck I expressed comes from frustration, feeling helpless to change the results. And that's the state I found myself in. I just felt frustrated at times because I I didn't feel like I could do anything to change it. I absolutely love this quote from Brene Brown. The idea of no regrets doesn't mean living with courage. It means living without reflection. To live with regret is to believe that we have nothing to learn, no amends to make and no opportunity to be braver in our lives. I really enjoyed that quote, and let's talk about it. A lot of these things I have mentioned, these are the places we go when things don't go as planned. We can be disappointed because we have unmet expectations. We feel regret, discouragement, resignation, frustration. And when you hear that term, like, eh, man, no regrets. (laughs) And that doesn't mean that they're like, they have courage. It means they don't reflect because anyone that really truly reflects on their life, they will feel some form of regret because we no one's arrived. No one's 100% perfect in, in, in every area. To live without regret, it's kind of hard because we f- could be those people that feel like they have nothing to learn. Maybe they have a fixed mindset. There's nothing that you need to change about your life or yourself no amends to make, that there's no opportunity to be braver in our lives. And I'm one that there's lots of opportunities for me to be braver. (laughs) Daily, I find lots of opportunities. So let's be those people that will have the courage to analyze why we're feeling the way we're feeling, see it for what it is, articulate, name that thing, and let's, let's deal with it. Let's figure out what will get us unstuck. What will get us past frustration and resignation, past discouragement, moving past regret, moving past disappointment? Because we can. 
does this sound familiar to you? Do you want to get out of this? Do you feel frustrated, stuck, resigned to failure, disappointed, or discouraged at times? Have you visited any of these places when things don't go as planned or expected? Well, I sure have. (laughs) What can we do about it, though? I would say number one is be realistic about expectations and communicate those with your spouse, with your children, or whomever you need to communicate with, whether that's a workplace or students. But it really is important that we be realistic about what we're expecting and to communicate clearly. I am talking to myself. (laughs) Communicate clearly about expectations. It's very, very important. That's why it's not redundant to go over classroom rules every time we hold class. It's not redundant to go over mealtime manners and bedtime manners and car manners and basic routines, brush your teeth twice a day. Like I'm ex- I am communicating my expectations with you. And it, parents, it can get monotonous and exhausting. But just keep, just take a step back sometimes and don't let yourself get frustrated with the monotony. (laughs) Be inspired. Let yourself be inspired that you have the opportunity to mold and shape the future generation if it's talking to children. Or if you're in the workplace, you have the opportunity to communicate expectations and lead those around you, no matter what it is. If it's in the ministry, if it's in your neighborhood, if it's in a club, Like embrace that role, whatever you have. Now, number two for what can we do about it when we have visited places that we didn't expect to be, different results we didn't expect, the places we can visit, create habits to help make progress. Maybe it's an eating healthy routine. (laughs) Maybe it's exercise, a special routine that you enjoy and are inspired to do every day. That's enjoyable for you. Who says exercise has to be boring or the stuff you hate? Maybe it's creating the habit should be like a weekly date night with your spouse. Carving time out to communicate with them in that time. Not that you don't communicate other times, but that's like a concentrated like hour or two where you're really clearly communicating and maybe talking through some things in your life or your family. Number three, recognize when things don't turn out as expected that you'll feel a variety of emotions that I've covered here today. See it, acknowledge, and move on. <laughs> so you see it for what it is. You know you can name that emotion, which is acknowledging it. And then you can move on. That means we won't get stuck. I've realized that simply learning these emotions and their definitions have helped me live unstuck. And in talking about the whole brainchild, which... I'll talk about that more in detail, most likely, because I use it and I keep thinking about it. And Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart is a beautiful complement to that. And I have found that I have used some of these strategies with my children, but then I've also found that this is for adults too. Just because you're an adult with a quote-unquote developed brain, (laughs) that doesn't mean we have all the right pathways. And I have found that this is a very important topic and it really helps us live in a state that is full and beautiful and helpful and thriving and glorifying. I hope you were inspired today. 
I hope that you could recognize some places that you visit when things don't go as planned because things don't always go as planned, right? And I hope in identifying those things, you can see it for what it is, acknowledge it, and move on. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.